Previously on A Blight on the Hill. According to its mission statement, Tufts is committed to providing transformative experiences for students and faculty in an inclusive and collaborative environment. Now we're standing at an incredible inflection point for the university. Now the question is, does Tufts hold itself up to those ideals? In September, Tufts junior Erica Chen brought us a story, one entrenched in both American and Tufts politics and reaching the forefront of activism in recent years. When she mentioned Tuppet, otherwise known as the Tufts University Prison Initiative of Tisch College, we knew we had to look into this program, intended to foster interconnectedness between Tufts non-incarcerated and incarcerated students and provide learning opportunities to those currently in the prison system. I wanted to bring the conversation about Tuppet and its mission to the mainstream and general discourse. This is a situation where people's freedoms, lives, and futures were at stake. You're listening to A Blight on the Hill by the Tufts Daily. My name is Julia Greco. And my name is Anton Shank. The story we're about to tell became one where truths collided. And the more we dug into this story, the more we struggled to make sense of it. We spoke to student leaders. Really, we need to rethink and define safety. <laughs> who is marginalized in the path of that? Who are we defending and who are we antagonizing? And reach the halls of power. Uh, my name is Hillary Shelton. I am the director of the NAACP's Washington Bureau and senior vice president for policy and advocacy. Now we're here to tell you that story Erica brought us in full. First, let's turn to Blight reporter Sarah Crawford. Tuppet is short for the Tufts University Prison Initiative of Tisch College, a program whose stated mission is to bring Tufts faculty and students together with incarcerated and formerly incarcerated people, correction staff, educators, and scholars of criminal justice to facilitate creative and collaborative responses to the problems of mass incarceration. For three and a half years, uh, there's we have a cohort of 21 or so men um, in the men's medium security prison in Concord that are taking um, classes in the liberal arts to earn an associate's degree through Bunker Hill, but they're taking Tufts classes with Tufts professors mostly. That's Claudia Guetta, a student leader in Tuppet. Ultimately, Tuppet prioritizes education because of its benefits for those in the program and the community. Mark Fujiwara, communications coordinator at Legal Services for Prisoners with Children and a community organizer around issues of mass incarceration, dove into that. Studies have actually shown that, that people who enter education programs have the least recidivism of any group of formerly incarcerated people. It's pretty good evidence that, that having people participate in education programs uh, is a benefit to both the people and the community. However, Tuppet aims to not only give those in the program a better chance of reintegrating into society. Let's hear from Joseph, a Tuppet student. You know, a lot of men that did not believe in themselves and became part of the program began to really believe in themselves. And not only did it have an impact on the prison population, but it had a large impact on members or, or, or cohorts that were part of the program, it had a large impact on their family. 
you know, because you have family members in the street that didn't believe they could even be in college. And now because their father or their brother was while incarcerated, they have more belief in themselves. You know, so all around it was it was certainly a, a, a groundbreaking, uh, I wouldn't say experiment, but a groundbreaking uh, opportunity, you know, while incarcerated. Beyond its degree program, Tuppet makes an effort to connect incarcerated and non-incarcerated students, as Fiona Davis Walsh, a Tuppet eBoard member, told Blight. So one of our other opportunities for incarcerated and non-incarcerated tough students to work together is um, our Inside Out class, which is a class where 10 incarcerated students and 10 um, Tufts Medford campus students uh, take a class together inside a prison. And it's been taught by Hilary Binda, the founding director of Tuppet. Um, it's a literature class called uh, Mass Incarceration and the Literature of Confinement. It's a really, again, transformative opportunity. The founding director of the program, Hilary Binda, expanded on this idea and Tuppet's big picture goals. According to Binda, Tuppet also focuses on continuing to support incarcerated students after they complete the program and begin their reentry into society. So we wanted to be able to support people who've come out of our program at Concord. Um, given the small scale of the numbers of people coming out, we were able to open up the opportunity to other directly impacted people, other people who are directly impacted by the criminal justice system. It, it, it includes reentry network support, so support for that transitioning process. We have a, a large number of community organizations who are working with us. Um, who do reentry support work um, around housing and employment and um, skills and um, health, primarily. However, barriers to education, housing, and reentry are not isolated to those incarcerated students in Tuppet's degree program. Higher education is rarely available to individuals currently incarcerated and after they are released, formerly incarcerated people often face difficulties enrolling in college. We turn to Eric Waldo, Vice President for Access and Equity at the Common App for his perspective. Because we know of the disproportionate impact that um, the criminal justice policies and others have had on um, low-income communities, especially communities of color, black and brown men in particular, although it affects black and brown women as well. We have to take a really important lens and re-examine our assumptions about applying to, to college and I think equity in higher education in general. That brings us back to Erica. I joined Tuppet because our prisons, policing, punishment, you know, like the criminal justice system is riddled with injustice. So really thinking about what we want as a society in terms of, of how we treat people, um, forgiveness, understanding, uh, acceptance. America has a huge punishment issue. 
America is, is founded on punishment. There's 2.3 million people locked up in, in the U.S. right now. And you can't lock up 2.3 million people without locking up genius, artists, uh, philosophers, uh, you know, academics, and whatnot. So um, every college campus would be would benefit from from being including all of us. Tuppet has grown a lot within these past few years. It has passionate students and faculty involved, and it's well supported by the university. Tuppet's work doesn't operate in a vacuum, and we wanted to see how our community views this larger issue of mass incarceration. Let's turn to our own Matt Zackham's conversations with former students and community organizers. Leading criminal justice reform advocates have repeatedly raised concerns about the barriers to employment and education for incarcerated individuals. According to Hillary Shelton, however, the impacts of incarceration extend far beyond the end of a prison sentence. First, at the place of the university admissions itself. If a university actually decides that because someone actually has a criminal record, even as much as they would have paid their debt to society, they spent their time in jail, if that's the case, they were convicted of a felony offense. The federal government felt that they, it was appropriate for them to be able to get out of jail now, but for some reason, a school would determine that they should continue to punish that young person and not allow them full opportunities to attend. Uh, too often what that means is, again, first from the university level, that you're locking people out of opportunities, even though that should very well not be in place. They paid their debt, the assumption is they are a good, now a law-abiding citizen until it's proven otherwise, and they should be able to do everything anyone else should do. Individuals with a criminal record may need to check a box on applications to indicate their criminal history. Because this question is prohibited in Massachusetts, Tufts cannot ask if an applicant has a criminal history on job applications. However, this is not the case for university admissions including our own. Tufts asked these questions on its applications, and junior Noah Mills, who is involved with Tuppet, believes there is harm in asking applicants about their criminal histories. And so many jobs and so many like housing opportunities and also clearly education opportunities are just not accessible for people who have um, past convictions. And so in order to sort of break the cycle of people getting out of prison, but then like there's no resources available to them. And so really a lot of the only options are sort of the things that led them to incarceration in the first place. I think doing things like banning the box um, would really show that we are trying to break the stigma of being incarcerated and provide equal and accessible opportunities for formerly incarcerated people. Eric Waldo at the Common Application spoke with Blight about removing the box from job and college applications. You may know that during the end of the Obama administration, um, the Obama administration actually was working really hard to try to get organizations to work on ban the box initiatives. Racism and systemic racism almost also permeates the education system. And we see that again in the disproportionate uh, policing of our black and brown young students as early as, 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 kindergarten students who are you know locked up with in handcuffs or disproportionately removed and suspended from school and although some national advocates 
argue keeping the question on applications helps keep us safer, for example, in cases of convictions of sexual assault, Claudia from Tuppet isn't convinced that having the box on applications necessarily makes campus a safer place. Primarily, we need to rethink and define safety. <laughs> who is marginalized in the path of that? Who are we defending and who are we antagonizing? Um, that's <laughs> a really problematic definition and, and I think idea in our society um, in terms of, of, you know, bringing in <laughs> any policy used to, to defend and promote safety and any actions taken to promote safety. Who are we defending in that path? And I mean, if we're defining safety, safety is preventing someone from going back to a really traumatic and violent <laughs> institution of incarceration. Um, and so to protect that safety, what do we need to do, I think? Now, we discovered another point of debate within Tuppet, mass incarceration and the pursuit of justice within the carceral system. We wanted to find out more about investments, specifically in private prisons, and how this manifests on Tufts campus. For that, we turn back to Erica. My first question, Erica, is, in case listeners might not know what they are, can you tell us what private prisons are? Of course. So private prisons or for-profit prisons are third-party carceral facilities that are contracted by a government agency. Sure. And how prevalent are they in the U.S.? Private prisons currently hold about 10% of the prison population here in the U.S. and 80% of immigrants in detention. But more importantly, the criminal justice system disproportionately affects the lives of people of color. Many in the Tufts community have rallied for the divestment from for-profit prisons. We spoke with Temple Miller Hodgkin, a member of Tufts for Racially Equitable Endowment, also known as TREE, an organization working to lobby the administration to divest from the system. And I think it's honestly one of the more low-hanging fruit in the prison industrial complex because there are so many other things that we could be divesting from, like companies that use prison labor to build their products, like their whole swaths of like the, that's why it's the prison industrial complex. It's like, but at least like, even if you aren't an abolitionist, you can still see that like making money off of imprisoning people and forcing them to work for below minimum wage is like not something that Tufts necessarily should be profiting off of or affiliated with. Tuppet is also looking to offer bachelor's degrees to its students in the future. However, this decision isn't as simple as it seems. Blight reporter Matt McGovern dives into the debate. Some community members have found that Tuppet students receiving an associate's degree from Bunker Hill Community College, rather than a bachelor's degree from Tufts, lessens Tuppet students' ability to re-enter society once they leave the program. Hilary Binda, Tuppet's director is one of those people. So we want to provide the opportunity for those people who are taking the same classes that people at Tufts University are taking to earn a bachelor's degree. Yes, three years they earn a, an associate's degree from Bunker Hill for all of their Tufts courses. But two and a half more years 
Why shouldn't they earn a bachelor's degree with a civic studies major? It's really important that we put our name as a university on this with our degree and that we work with the Department of Correction to enable us to bring more students into this program. Noah Mills shared a similar sentiment. And like Tufts hasn't invested enough in these programs um, because currently I'm fairly confident that the students, despite taking the same classes as Tufts students with the same professors, they actually get a degree from Bunker Hill instead of from Tufts, which I think is just kind of absurd. I mm -hmm. mean, I think it, they deserve a Tufts degree. As of now, Tuppet has pushed to offer bachelor's degrees, putting forward a resolution in the TCU Senate to garner student voices and mobilize before a faculty vote in April. They're taking the same classes, they have the same professors, they have the same workload as the arts and science students on the Medford campus. So it's it's really about equity and kind of upholding the Tufts mission and vision of, of becoming an anti-racist institution, I think. Ultimately, the voices in these conversations didn't fall on one unified side, given the nuances of the issues at hand. Hillary, Tuppet's director, recognized that complexity. I don't know anybody who's not in favor of Tufts divesting from companies. Getting out of those businesses is really important in my opinion. So that divestment is crucial. It is not more important in my opinion than investing. So my argument for us is we need to be investing in this program um, and building it as well. So both of those things need to be happening. Um, ban the box is to me a little more complicated. Um, I'm absolutely in favor of it. It's not a top priority issue because I think we have great people in admissions. We have. I'm not sure that that box is actually. I I don't believe that that's used to block people intentionally from access to Tufts. I think it may have that effect though. And so for that reason, I'd like to see it go. Blight reporter Matt Zackham has the story. And we learned that at Tufts, we are no stranger to this complexity. Against the backdrop of Tufts' commitment to becoming an anti-racist institution, community and prison reform advocates have criticized Tufts' actions while remaining aware of the challenges to tackling these issues. Tree activist Temple discusses some of the complexities of divesting from private prisons. Yeah, and it's constantly changing all the time because uh, a lot of the money that Tufts is, has invested is invested in commingled funds. So this like one random guy at, you know, an investment company can decide one day that he wants to buy stock in private prisons and Tufts might not even know about it until later. Or um, like you can't necessarily like you can recommend to those people like, hey, we do not want to be invested in private prisons, but in order to like have a completely clean slate, you would have to like restructure huge parts of the endowment that are only like a little bit touching private prisons. And Craig Smith, Tufts co-chief investment officer, acknowledged in a statement other challenges Tufts faces in divesting. Quote, the university's exposure to private prisons through commingled funds was less than 0.01% of the total portfolio. However, 
One drawback of this investment structure is that investors cannot dictate the guidelines of the commingled fund. They can only choose whether or not to invest under guidelines specified by the fund manager. To divest from one particular industry would require divestment from the entire fund with potentially significant implications for returns and costs. The investment manager also changes these underlying investments regularly, making it impossible to limit further investments from a particular industry." End quote. Tufts Dean of Admissions, J.T. Duck, told Blight in a written statement why the university asks applicants about their criminal history on academic applications. Quote, Responses to this question are reviewed by those evaluating an applicant's candidacy as part of a holistic, contextual, and committee-based evaluation process. An affirmative response to that question does not mean a student is not admitted. Rather, we read the explanations that students provide very carefully in the context of the application. The lessons learned and the life experience that accompanies this information are meaningful in our consideration of candidates." End quote. According to Duck, how applicants answer the question doesn't impact admissions decisions. Research thus far, primarily on job applications, has shown mixed effects of removing the question, with some studies even indicating that taking that step might disproportionately hurt young black males. Though, Hillary Shelton of the NAACP expanded on what this means for the national picture of college applications. The FAFSA form actually has a box that you check if you've ever been convicted of a crime, a drug-related crime most specifically. So what that means is, is that you've been, if you've been convicted, uh, you have to check the box. If you leave the box open, they will not process your form. If you give the wrong information, and not checking the right box. Indeed, you falsified a government document. It's a catch-22. We know this, we're thinking about the cost of college and education, that if someone, again, has the aptitude, is able to pass the test scores and have the background to be able to be admitted into the college, our federal government should not be involved in actually limiting someone's access and ability to utilize something like a Pell Grant, some other financial aid packages to help them attend college the Tufts program does not currently provide opportunities for incarcerated students to earn Tufts degrees. As Tuppet looks to offer bachelor's degrees to its students, Blight sat down with the leaders of the Boston College, Boston University, and Bard College prison education programs. The leaders of these programs, which predate Tufts program, spoke about offering bachelor's degrees to their students. Jeff Jurgens at the Bard Prison Initiative told Blight, The associate's degree is an important milestone uh, for students. I mean, in many cases, these are first-generation college students. So just being in college is a, is a significant uh, achievement. And 
getting an associate's degree is a is an important marker, and it's also significant because a significant number of our students are released from prison before they complete, you know, a full barred education, and so it's worthwhile for them to leave prison with some kind of credential, um, as an associate's degree, for instance, would be, and uh, so in that regard. I think associate's degrees of whatever kind are great. Uh, that said, I think it's always better for um, bachelor's degrees to also be available. And I think bachelor's degrees from well-regarded uh, colleges and universities like Bard, like Tufts, like Emerson, like Boston College um, are really important. I think that it's significant for the students because in many cases there's a lingering suspicion that they're somehow second-rate students that they don't, you know, kind of fully belong uh, at the colleges and universities where they're where they've been admitted, and so bachelor's degrees from those institutions I think really um, carry significance for students to indicate that they they absolutely are equivalent to students on those colleges and universities' main campuses. Professor Masterilli at the BU Prison Initiative added another perspective. At BU, they began offering a certificate with even fewer requirements than an associate's degree. We wanted to introduce an eight-course undergraduate certificate. And, and so we're doing that now, and we're finding out that the students um, are actually loving that option. There were many, many incarcerated individuals who wouldn't apply to the BU program because they thought the, the program was too difficult to get into. They thought it was too long to complete. They thought it was too hard to, to even um, participate in it. We have much farther reach with an undergraduate certificate because we can get more students in, we can jumpstart their educational experience. Um, when they get released, they can continue on campus if they want or elsewhere. Uh, and then we can bring in more and more students. And so we feel like we're providing access to um, college education to far more individuals than with just the bachelor's degree. Professor Masterilli also pointed out one major challenge of offering a bachelor's degree. Um, as long as we comply with the new uh, regulations of our current um, undergraduate curriculum, um, which involves, the new undergraduate curriculum in, involves um, activities like study abroad. We can't do that behind the walls. <laughs> Digital yeah. literacy, our students don't have tablets. How do we teach digital literacy? I mean, I've got an instructor who is literally teaching computer literacy 101 um, via paper-based learning without the benefit of a computer lab. And she believes that offering a bachelor's degree might actually exclude many incarcerated individuals from participating in educational programs. The BU Prison Education Program focuses first and foremost on providing the best education possible for as many incarcerated students as possible 
at MCI Framingham for Women and MCI Norfolk for Men. Taking on the prison industrial complex is a very worthy proposition, but I feel it falls outside the mission of BU PEP. As the faculty director of the program, I do not want these larger social issues to take my attention away from our students. I leave that important work for others to do. Um, however, I do believe that our graduates can pay it forward. The more individuals we reach through our program, the more lives will be transformed, and the more lives that are transformed, the greater our chances of social change. And I think no one, absolutely no one, can speak to the dehumanizing, traumatizing, ineffective effects of the prison industrial complex than the individuals themselves who have survived it. So I see us making that social change. You know, if I could say something, you know, opportunity, just one opportunity can change so much. You know, uh, there's so many men and women, you know, that are, that are incarcerated and just by the idea of college coming inside, it changes everything. You know, it, it gives hope where there was a little bit of despair. You know, it's, I have something to look forward to where there was nothing to look forward to at all. You know, and that's what college and prison has done. With an issue like mass incarceration, the debate continues and questions remain. To divest or not to divest? To ban the box or not ban the box? And whether offering bachelor's degrees really is the best way of supporting incarcerated students. Next time on A Blight on the Hill. Most criminals were not criminals at one time or the other. And if you want to take on that particular level of psychology, what you're pretty much saying is anybody that has the potential to commit a crime is someone that we should not allow to come to our campus, our university. So it's difficult to make those kind of arguments and block people's opportunities for something that is crucial to us in this country as education. We'll step back from Tufts and view mass incarceration as a whole. We'll see you then. This episode of A Blight on the Hill was brought to you by the Tufts Daily. Anton Schenk is the show's producer, and Hannah Harris is the executive audio producer. Thank you for listening.